Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you want legendary service. If you, you want, want sweeter discounts. Save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Hello and welcome to this Defensive Focus pod. We're going to be talking about how to stop your opponent exploiting that broken defensive line you see so often at the moment, as well as defensive pressing, defending the cutback, player switching, the new champ structure, and plenty more. I'm your host, Ben. You're listening to the Foot Weekly podcast out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from and made possible by the pod's patron supporters. Hello, it's week 16. It's the Gameplay Pod on the main feed this week. On this episode, we have a group of guests who are going to make this podcast particularly interesting. First of all, we have regular and foot legend, Air Japes FIFA. Hello and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too, Ben. Sometimes I can't decide what being a legend is called. It's like, yeah, I was I was there once upon a time and now does that make me real old? Yeah, maybe, but I think you wear it well. You know, sort of a, a godfather of foot kind of position like i don't know ferguson at united currently or something like that mm-hmm. a legend in a kind of mythical way sure i'll be your unicorn <laughs> <laughs> no happy to be happy to be on talking gameplay i've been enjoying it lately and mm. you know playing a a more aggressive style which i always find to be fun so excited to talk about that yeah nice looking forward to that and we also have with us uh, people will have heard his story if you like over the course of a number of podcasts this cycle a game critic and game consultant, Brammers. Hello, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be involved in this, literally the best gameplay podcast of 2022. The best one <laughs> yeah. yet. Exactly. Uh, very excited to talk about um, Foot Champs and uh, my trials and tribulations there, which have improved somewhat. Yeah, exactly. So for those who don't know, we did an extended podcast about Foot Champs, playoffs, finals, uh, the impacts that that had and how it needed changing. And then we spoke to you just after the changes had actually happened uh, to see what your thoughts were on them. We discussed the rewards, things like that. And now I suppose you've had, what, two weeks of playing the new champ structure, playoffs and finals. So yeah, you should yeah. hear your thoughts on that. And potentially helping 
in everyone's playoffs and finals will be advice from our next guest. And that is a coach from probably one of the biggest success stories of FIFA esports. And that is Team Hullet. Yep, back on the podcast, we have Renzo. Welcome. Thank you for having me once again. And uh, excited to talk about the FIFA 22 gameplay because it's a whole different situation than last year. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it is definitely different, isn't it? And Yeah, well, it's, it's also very... Uh, interesting to see because we've only had like one competitive tournament mm. yet and we're already like three months in uh, to the cycle so yeah, yeah it's quite interesting to see the differences in fifa 21 and fifa 22 what it's become there's way more different play styles now yeah and i actually wanted to start by talking about something that is different this year normally we'd start with some player reviews things like that but actually on the content pod this week the supporter episode we talk a lot about uh, the gems that are around at the moment there have been plenty that are still available on the market from winter wildcards we'll discuss as well as headliners and a bit of uh, investing advice things like that but for now we'll start with this which is for me one of the most frustrating things in the game at the moment and something that i think would be helpful to get your advice on renzo and it's something that we had tom stokes talking about very early in the cycle he'd identified the fact that when you have players on getting behind or use the direct passing uh, tactic it means that it opens up loads of space in front of your defense and the defensive line goes completely out of shape it opens up driven passing options and is just a massive pain to play against so i think people are seeing it more and more now identifying what it is rather than just sort of defensive lapses it is a very specific issue with players following runs when they shouldn't be and basically asking i suppose what can be done about it apart from of course a patch at some point hopefully <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting that you're saying that because like last year, if you were 21, everybody was complaining about 70 depth being, or like 7 depth, I think it was mm. back then, being so overpowered because of these automatic offside traps, right? Like the AI mm. would do offside traps for you and it was really difficult sometimes to break down. And not going to lie, I didn't like that either, but it was a thing in FIFA 21. And now mm. we are in this situation where the backline just keeps running with these strikers. And yeah, that is not ideal either because people have to manually constant offside trap if they want to prevent it. And yeah, offside trap, we all know it's quite risky. You can get beat. Or if you mistime it and somebody plays a missile into, uh, into a striker with the R1 X-Pass, that is really overpowered mm. as well. You're just uh, on a one-on-one situation and the goalkeeper movement is also not that fast in this game. So it's pretty much a guaranteed goal, I think. And it's very hard this year to kind of defend against somebody that, for example, plays 4-3-2-1 or 4-1-2-1-2, second variation, where there Mm. is like two or three players constantly in and around the box. And it can be very frustrating as well. But I think in competitive play, you are not seeing there's only i think one european player right now that has been very doing very well with uh, the 4122 narrow and apart from that that's it's still usually 442 4222 and 4231 that are really doing well so i think in like casual play it's because not too many players know about the offside trap or mastered offside trap too well mm. It's that this situation happens more often than not, where there indeed are like free strikers, like you said, on getting behind, getting deep into the box, and the defensive line is just like almost around the goalkeeper. Mm. And yeah, it's it's an issue, but I think in competitive play, it's not been that much of an issue yet, or because yeah. most pro players adapted to it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I don't watch loads of competitive play, but whenever I watch it, 
RC players doing the offside trap, even in past FIFAs, right? It's always been something pros have done, really. Um, sometimes from kickoff, even to prevent the kickoff glitch previously and things like that. So they're very aware of it as a thing. Whereas actually, I myself probably even though I'm playing at quite a good level, like I hardly ever have used it in past FIFAs. And now I'm finding that I have to use it constantly, basically, to stop my opponent yeah. exploiting the space in front of the defence. And the best way to do that is with the offside trap down, down on the D-pad. I don't know whether there's any specifics you can suggest about using that, because as you said, it can be quite dangerous if you just spam it without thinking. But in some situations, it feels like that's maybe what you have to do. Yeah, well, it's it's basically what you say. It's if somebody knows how to use this very well, or he's playing a four three two one or a four one two one two, you almost are forced indeed to constantly uh, use of side traps. And yeah, I hope like it gets patched, but in in a way, I'm not seeing them patching mm. it. But yeah, it's it, of side traps is hard to explain because you always have to make sure that the opponent is kind of facing the goal with his back if that makes sense so yeah, yeah, yeah. he's either ma he's either turning around or he's he, he's out down the wing and he's finding an option in the center because he, the offside trap really pretty much uses like what is it maybe five to ten meters yeah i speak in meters sorry but like <laughs> they're pushing up and in some situations there isn't really a chance for him to or for your opponent to get in behind even if the offside trap is a little tricky but if yeah if your opponent has like these two or three strikers constantly running in and with this R1 pass, sometimes it's just a missile into the strikers, like I said, and it makes it very hard. And especially for yeah, casual players that might not be the greatest defensive or like the greatest players in course of switching. And yeah, that's why I think it can be a very frustrating game for for players that, mm. um, th that, for example, in past years would get like gold one and they face an elite player. It can be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it totally makes sense. And interestingly enough, you're saying about the four one two one two narrow, and I know that Brammers, you yourself have had oh. a lot of success with that, right? And uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that is the thing. It is with the way that the defence works, very very effective this year. If people aren't using the offside trap, and uh, I think you certainly found that over the new and improved uh, champ structure. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my switch in formation coincided with new champs arrival and it's just completely transformed my fortunes and level of entertainment in, in Viva 22, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I switched, I, I typically played a 4 4 um, I had always worked really well for me in Viva 21, but I hadn't really adapted um, particularly well. And I found myself struggling to build up well and, and whatnot. And then I can't remember which guest it was. Uh, it was on a recent pod who mentioned that, I think it might have been uh, Ranners, um, who mentioned the 4-1, 2-1, two, 2 narrow and how on balance the cam will drop back into a sort of CM position on defence, which gives you that solidity. And I just thought, hmm, that sounds interesting because I, I do need those two midfielders who can sit there in front of the defence. So I thought I'd just give it a go. And honestly, it was like a revelation. When I'm defending, uh, it feels much easier to maintain the defensive structure uh, in, in, than in the 4-4-2 I was using because when I lose the ball, I can usually use one of the outside cams as the kind of first defensive player rather than the fullback or the CDM or one of the CDMs. So the space in the middle still stays very tight for them to try to play into. And I find it a lot easier to maintain discipline with my fullbacks and not commit them because of that um, because I've got those options defensively. The thing I found defensively is you really need excellent box-to-box -box style outside 
Cam's um, sort of midfielders to for this to work. So they have to be really yeah. good. Yeah, so you, we should say actually you do mean <laughs> centre mids, not Cam's, because I really said Cam's a few times. Yes, sorry, I do, yeah. Right centre mid, left centre mid, yeah. That is correct. Sorry, in my head I'm thinking of it like the 4 triple two, but you're right, it's the CMs. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I've got uh, Inform KDB on one side, and I've got this this guy, this Dutch guy, uh, this uh, 90 rated Rude Hullet. Um, I'm not sure if uh, anyone else has <laughs> heard of him. Um, but yeah, for some reason, my pack luck was insane this year. So I had loads of coins and I thought, well, everyone used this guy. I'll give him a go. And obviously he's he's crazy. But the point about them both is that they have uh, five-star weak foot, four-star skills. They're perfectly capable of playing as a defensive player as well as an attacking player. And it just means that um, when I'm on defense, I feel so much more solid uh, and I've got this platform. And then going forward, oh, I mean, the direct passing thing is the critical bit, I think, as, as some people have said. And the, the thing I'm always looking for uh, as I cross the halfway line is that run of the striker taking two of the defenders with him. I, I motion as though I'm going to go down the line. I wait to see that the, the defender is is buying it. And then I'll do like a Berber spin or, or, or something or a ball roll scoop. Um, and cut inside. And if you can do that with the the striker advancing, there's this channel that opens up just inside the opposing half, straight through to uh, the attacker. And if you just play a, a through ball, like quite a heavy through ball, the arc of the ball takes it between the defenders and you get a reliable shot off quite a lot of the time. And honestly, I probably score one of those goals every game, every other game, um, even mm. in champs, which is really mad. Um, but it's very, it's very satisfying. <laughs> Because it feels like I've uh, I found I found uh, my thing. Yeah, I've noticed that it's just become so so prevalent as a formation over the last couple of weeks, and it's funny actually because Japes, I know it's a formation that you've notoriously found the worst to play against, right? Or at least the the play style anyway. And it, you were saying actually that you've been quite enjoying your FIFA recently. I was wondering whether this <laughs> that formation's prevalence may mean you've been enjoying it less, but. I guess that doesn't seem to have been the case. The only time that I find that formation like really, I would say pretty annoying is when they play on, I believe it's like the long ball tactic. And it's just because mm. I play a three back and I often find that just leaves me like really, really exposed. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's quite good in the sense that the three at the back can be quite good against the narrow because it's defensively narrow. But then if they play direct like long ball, then you can end up with that three-on-three three situation, right? I mean, three-on-three, three and they've got pacey attackers running at a line that's, like, maybe a little bit caught out. And and this is... It's one of my weaknesses. I tend to be over, like, hyper-aggressive in all situations. And so, rather than trying to, like, maybe make the smart move there and just, you know, thwart the attack, I decide to go try to take it away from him. And I mm. lose the ball, and, you know, the rest is history. Were you, were you saying you're playing a, a three four one two now rather than a three five two? Yeah, I want it to be more aggressive. Uh, okay, so does that just push the centre mids forwards basically? Yeah, it pushes the CMs forward, and and I would say part of that is because of the copious amounts of four four two players that I play against, mm. and I find that the three four one two does better than the three five two mm. against that. And we're talking about the three five two before, and you said you were going to put them on Twitter. I think with the Christmas period and being busy, you haven't ended up doing it. So I'll pester you about putting the three, four, one, two up there. And of course, it will then also go into the tactic bank uh, for supporters as well. With that tactic, I know you like to have some kind of pressing element to your tactics, always talking about that aggressive style. Have you found that any of those pressing options uh, actually work for you? Because I feel like they're quite difficult to execute. Yeah, I play I play press on heavy touch, but I sometimes I play on possession loss, but 
rarely. That's interesting because I did like Press After Possession Loss last year, but this year I found it a bit of a struggle. Maybe Press After Heavy Touch is a better option than Possession Loss, perhaps? Uh, possession Loss just is susceptible to counters yeah. against really top players. So I'd say that's the only, that's like the biggest differentiator there. Yeah, and then have you found that it activates enough? Because I felt like when I've tried it briefly, I didn't feel like it was happening that much. I don't know. Uh, yes and no at the <laughs> same time. Like for the most part, I'd say, yeah, I think it does a pretty good job of doing it when it should. Okay. And like really, I find that happens more often when I'm playing against these guys that think they're overconfident in possession and trying to do something with their back line, right? And they get themselves mm. into a tight spot. The pre they take a heavy touch with a center back or something, and boom, my team is ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's really ultimately like when it, when I'm happiest with it. Mm. So I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I think Bramers, you had something you wanted to ask, right? So a question about the three, four, one, two. Um, one of the problems I've had defending with three backs this year has been just the cutback is so effective that mm -hmm. when I have people running at me down the line, I find with a CB, they're a bit too, they're not as agile and, and able to cope with the trickery as the fullbacks would be. So I'm always trying to show players inside and I find that much easier to do with a fullback. Like how do you cope with the prevalence of cutbacks with slightly, with obviously with three centre-backs rather than having the fullbacks? Don't be afraid to tackle, <laughs> like use the tackle button out wide. Like generally, I think people get in trouble when they try to get into this like jockeying mm. match with the, the tricky players. And sometimes like I use the showdown uh, Zula and I would not call I don't I don't know what his base agility is, but like he tackles everything and when I use the tackle mm. button. Not all is when I don't. I also have my outside mids on comeback. And so part of it is I, I think you're when you get in those situations, I think you're just trying to stall people. But I, I do this thing where I like sprint my outside CB to get in between the attacker and the goal and then use the right stick to switch to my central CB to try to cut out the passing lane ah, that I think they're going to take. Now, does it bite me sometimes? Of course it does. <laughs> do I get a lot of like pretty free interceptions? Totally. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, actually, Renzo, have you got any particular advice? I know it is an effective way at high level to, to score and create chances. I mean, it is, of course, in real football as well. It's quite realistic because you look at City, they're scoring like that all the time or quite a high percentage. It's actually interesting to me that, uh, in that you guys are talking about this because the cutback is like so effective in this game. It's unreal. Like um, mm. the wing play is... I remember... Probably the first month, so let's say October, that everybody was uh, in a competitive play, was like trying to figure out the game, and there was n not that many players scoring from down the wing. The R1 pass mm. was was pretty effective, and uh, the cutback, as you guys call it, uh, from the back line, it almost always reaches the target, but I don't know if you guys use the lofted pass a lot, the double uh, X pass, double triangle. That is still like one of the most effective ways from down the wing, cutting inside to your strikers with that pass. And yeah, just then you just press the shoot button and it's almost a guaranteed goal. The little dink pass, yeah, the little yeah, bouncing. Yeah, where you pass, pop it up. Yeah. Oh, so annoying. Yeah, I, it's so annoying. Yeah. You can't intercept it. <laughs> yeah, it, like, yeah, when people use those little like, I suppose they're like dinked through balls. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the ones that drive me absolutely insane because I feel like I'm in a good position and my center back just is like, nah, you feel really, really helpless. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like Jabe's kind of already made a pretty fair point on saying that you should always tackle. Like, I think whenever I go down the wing and, for example, for champs or division rivals, 
with Neymar or a Messi or whoever, and people are kind of afraid to challenge them because they mm. think they might get, uh, yeah, like let's say you do an elastico and you get past him. But that's fine because if it's down the byline, like there's not that much that you can do instantly, especially if you defend like Japes kind of said with switching to the passing lane. But if somebody's going down the byline, feel free to tackle him because yeah, what's going to end up happening? He might get past there, but then you still have a chance. And I think a lot of people will just try to cut out the passing lane, cut out the passing lane and just let people dribble down the back line. Actually, it is. Um, and then it's too easy to find a cutback. So I think mm. that's probably something that people should work on, just being a mm. bit more aggressive on those wingers because trying to cut out passing lanes in this game is very hard uh, in general, mm. I think, because the R1 pass, like I said, is it's, it's too accurate sometimes that you even feel like you're in between, but you have these uh, little dings, you have the L1, R1 through balls that even you feel like you're covering a through ball that can go uh, through anyway. Um, and even more advanced players or like really great players, they use player locks a lot. And it's quite uh, quite hard on this game, I feel like, to just keep cutting out the passing lanes constantly. So I think James made a fair, pretty fair point that you have to try and use the tackle button a lot more and just being a bit more aggressive one-on-one -on -one defending. Well, that's something I've really noticed. Whenever I play a top, top player, someone who's really good, they'll always have their defensive player, whether it's their fullback, centre-back, whoever's in the wide areas, Mm -hmm. right on top of your player with the ball really really close to them yeah blocking their route whichever way they turn and i think that stops even the pass coming through if you're close enough yeah it's like a mix of predicting what somebody where somebody's going to pass and especially on this game because second man press was introduced uh, you probably discussed this a lot earlier in uh, in mm. these podcasts but the key thing in fifa 22 i think is that you always just want to get your players as close as possible to the opponent and then you could still switch press second man press and the guy that you personally switch to will be the one that cuts, cuts out the passing lane for example and the one that you switched off but brought close to the opponent you can second let uh, the second man press button do something and that will always kind of force the opponent to dribble back or make a decision mm. and then yeah it's just up to your own speed of your fingers that you can switch back and make an interception yourself but that's yeah. how you if you look at the yeah probably the top pros but any pro in general the amount of player switching that they do in a defensive sequence yeah, it's probably unheard of for a lot of players. But yeah, if you're asking yourself, why am I conceding so many goals through maybe down the wing or even through balls, it's probably to do with your own switching and how long you are controlling uh, one player. Because I think better players usually, even better players than, for example, myself or even some of my, uh, my talents that I coach, they usually are a bit more quicker defensively and yeah, mm. I mean, defense wins championships, I guess, right? And uh, <laughs> if you if you keep defending very well, you're gonna get end up getting the ball a lot more often as well. So yeah, yeah. the the toughest opponents that I have, I find, are incredible at player switching, mm. and yep. they'll like bait you into a pass and have already switched to the player, like to intercept it with the next player. I don't know how to train that, but well. <laughs> We we actually train on that as well, and what? I think if if you'd explain that simply is that you'd always have to, if you're in this defensive position, 
let's say the, uh, an opponent is playing a four four two. He's he's in control with his uh, center mids um, on your half, and you see these two strikers that are in in the box, right, or like around the edge of the box. You can only defend one, pretty much. So what do you want to do? You want to either prevent him from making that pass, so you're going to try and move your center backs a little bit next to him, or you can actually put a uh, pull a center mid. Put pressure on that ball holder, and then already switch to that striker, and then yeah, it's up it's up to the odds. But there is usually uh, an angle that you can predict that he can't uh, can't make, and that he can make. So it's constantly this movement that you have to try to predict. Okay, what pass is able to get given, pretty much, and our one pass makes it a lot lot harder, right? Uh, like I said, to always be uh, predicting those passes, but it's actually constantly. Yeah, trying to develop your own skill of bringing a player towards the opponent to just let him dribble. Because like like I said, kind of in the example of when somebody's down the wing, it's not that much of an issue if somebody like dribbles back down the wing or in, uh, in the center of the pitch with his midfielders. But you just want to prevent him as much of reaching the striker. So you should always try to let that second man press, put pressure on the ball mm. holder and have the other player that you're selecting cut out the most dangerous pass. And I think that's probably the most crucial thing that people start recognizing what is the most dangerous uh, pass that my opponent can make. Well, I think player switching generally is probably one of the biggest ways that you can improve at the game defensively but it's also one of the hardest things to experiment with or or try different approaches with because it is so fundamental to your defensive ability if you try to do something that you're not used to uh, it can basically be a, a guaranteed goal so it is a challenge but can be extremely rewarding if you're willing to put in the time to learn it perhaps outside of competitive play or just willing to take the losses or, or concede goals I suppose because at least with the current system you could potentially you know when you get to a checkpoint you could then experiment and try and maybe be a bit more aggressive or or more active in your player switching is it something that you do much Brammers in terms of using uh, the right stick to switch between players rather than the L1 LB button I think I probably do it like half and half if I see a player um, that I know I definitely want that player and he doesn't have the little um the other indicator over his head, I will try and flick it to that person. But I would say I, my, I probably get it wrong as much as I get it right. Sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. One thing I would say, though, like thinking about it just now, I don't have the same level of frustration with this year's game regarding player switching as I did the previous year. And that may be because I'm getting better at it or it may be that the game is better at player switching. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I definitely use it. Yeah, it's one of those things that if I'm a few goals up or a few goals down, I do use it. But in those situations, sometimes I'll just try and be a bit more persistent about using it rather than using the L1 or LB button. And I think over time it is steadily improving, but there's still quite some way to go. It is a really important tool. On that, there are plenty more important tools to be discussed in the second half. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a second. Hello listener, time for a break and in this week's break, the first of 2022, I want to reflect on the exciting fact that this is the sixth calendar year the Foot Weekly pod is going into, which is really amazing because if you've been listening for a couple of years, you'll remember when there was a time a few years ago where Foot Weekly was on the ropes. It wasn't weekly because I was too busy. 
had to take on other work to support myself. And then a listener suggested starting Patreon. And well, it's been uphill since then. So a huge thank you to the Foot Weekly community for making this podcast possible. And if you're someone out there thinking, well, actually, I could spare a few quid a month to get an extra podcast every week and support the pod keep it going then you can do so it's just three pounds a month and you get double the podcast content including this week's content podcast next week's gameplay podcast both supporter episodes they'll be on the supporter feed which is super easy to add into your podcast providing apps and it's very quick and easy to sign up to support too you can do that over on patreon just three pounds a month and there's a twenty-four thousand fifa point or voucher equivalent giveaway running at the moment, head over to bit.ly slash podxmas22 or just search support Foot Weekly. If you do decide to do it, then a huge thank you for making Foot Weekly weekly. Let's get back into the podcast. So getting back into the second half, we're going to start with a little chat about champs because we've followed Brammer's your journey throughout the cycle and the struggles of not being able to qualify and talking about how the system really had to change and eventually it did change. We caught up with you just as it changed and before you'd given it a try and you and many others have now had a few weeks with it. Mm. So I was interested to hear how things have been going for you and uh, whether the changes to the rewards and of course playoffs have made and of course, playoffs have made a difference. Yeah, so when we spoke about it before, we were pretty optimistic about it overall. And to be honest, it's, it's played out as well as I could have hoped. I mean, the so the first time I did it was pretty much as soon after season three went live, and it was kind of late in the week. Um, and I won, I won my first four matches in a row. Um, and that that uh, I think the second time was quite similar. Uh, and for science, this weekend I actually <laughs> tried it on Sunday. To see whether it was, you know, the brutal struggle that it had been in the past, and I ended up going four three and and getting through reasonably comfortably. And I think the the thing that um, this has done, which is really great, it's meant that you no longer feel like you're on a knife edge constantly as soon as you lose a game because it previously, you know, let's say you lost your first game, suddenly you're like, oh, I've got to win five out of eight. And, you know, mentally, that's mm. just really draining. It starts to feel like when you're grinding the last few games of champs rather than the first few. Um, but now it's completely different. Like you lose one and you're like, eh, you know, I've got no, I've got, I need four out of nine. Like it'll be fine. And it is fine. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I feel slightly hesitant to be over praising it because A, uh, this has coincided with me finding my groove a bit more in FIFA 22. So who knows how much of a fact that is, but also, mm. um, you know, I, I know it has just moved it down the line to people who were probably silver one or whatever on, on that kind of uh, boundary. Uh, but certainly feels like it's, uh, you know, for people who were struggling at the level I was struggling, it definitely feels like a much better thing. It's much less stressful. You can play it at different times of the week and probably still get in. Um, I wouldn't like, take the mickey and play it at, like on Sunday like I did just to just for for thrills but it doesn't seem to be a huge issue the playoffs and the great thing about that mm. like the really nice knock-on effect of that is that finals feels important again like you're in there you haven't used up all of your like FIFA stress energy for the week so you go in you feel quite fresh and you actually like for me anyway I the feeling is back the weekend league feeling is back you know we have those tight competitive games I'm I'm pushing for for nine wins. Then it's eleven. Um, then I just get completely stuffed uh, by everybody trying to go for fourteen. Um, but it's it's um, it actually feels a lot like rivals has been feeling, uh, which is you know like competitive, fun. You can roll with the punches a bit. 
because it, it doesn't matter as much. And you're not just so mentally drained from the from the playoff horrors. Uh, so overall, mm. I think like it's been a positive change. I still think like the playoff horrors. Yeah, <laughs> I still feel, I still feel <laughs> as though like the system overall will need a rethink before FIFA 23. Like I I don't like the playoff thing as a as a thing. I mean, we've talked about it endlessly. Um, I, the the maths involved is just daft. Like I know they were trying to make it so that defeats mattered or whatever, but. I don't want to have to spend this much time thinking about my four times table. For me, that's actually the worst thing at the moment is having, because especially now they've changed the uh, finals ranks to be more random and not be so clearly spaced out, essentially, which is good. I think it has made the mode feel better for it because they're just more steps and so people value their games a bit more. But it does mean that it's very awkward to work out oh. <laughs> where you're gonna get and and whether and I actually messed up. I I gave away a win because I clearly don't have very good maths. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I think it is something that's kind of weird, and I really hope they add something to the UI which shows how many wins and losses you have. Yeah, it would be. It's the thing that's missing yeah. for one. Well, it's one thing that's missing. Um, it just seems. Yeah. It just seems strange uh, that it's become a the most challenging thing about finals for the first couple of seasons was the four times table and now obviously it's better but it's it's still there and it's still a bit strange um and i one thing i also i've noticed is that i'm still really enjoying rivals as well like it still feels competitive Mm. and fun it doesn't seem to have had any knock-on effect for that so yeah overall it's it's it feels like um a massive improvement from season two to season three and how Mm. and and how they've done that yeah no i think it's great the the setup in many ways and it's just really disappointing that this was something that people who were playing weekend league regularly last season or last cycle yes. weren't able to experience from the start this cycle. And now hopefully uh, they are able to finally. Yeah. Like anecdotally, like I watch and I consume a lot of FIFA content. I I'm often watching Twitch or something while I work and, uh, and obviously I'm in the discord a lot and they just like, it was a topic of um, great concern all the time before they changed it. Like wherever you went, people would be moaning about playoffs and I have not seen anyone moaning about it since then. Um, like almost mm. at all, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, but it, it, you know, in the Discord now, like there's there's it doesn't it feels like we don't get the same level of fire in that champs chat Discord channel <laughs> anymore, which is which is nice. So it's more people just trying to big each other up and and um, sharing their rewards and stuff, which is what it's going to be about, right? So it's good. Yeah, definitely. And let us move on to another gameplay question here. Moving back to that. And this one comes in from Martin. He says, could you talk a little bit more about Overload Ballside? What does it do? What effect does it have on stamina? Uh, This is one of the D-pad or directional button defensive options that you can put on. It has a really big impact on stamina. So it tends to be something I avoid, but I know some may use it. What would you say, Renzo, best used for maybe applying some pressure potentially on one particular side? Um, not exactly. Overload ball side is literally uh, something that you can use to sh- shut up shop, pretty much. If you use overload ball side, pretty much what happens, like everybody, well, the word kind of says it, but all 11 players of your team, well, 10 players actually, uh, get themselves positioned in. So if somebody's controlling the ball with his left back, for example, on your half, like you will see that probably... All of your players are situated around the right center mid maximum uh, kind of width of the opponent. Mm. So his right back and the right winger, if he has them, will be in a lot of space. But the center of the pitch is literally like crowded. Like it's so hard for your opponent, especially if you combine these with like offside traps, to actually try and reach the strikers. But what does it really do? Well, 
in competitive kind of terms, people use this at the end of, uh, for example, a first half or a second half to prevent that last attack, which is a common thing in competitive, that they concede. Because it's if somebody's using overload battle side, we saw that in FIFA 20 uh, a lot in competitive because then it wasn't a thing where the stamina would get drained that easily. It's literally just park the bus strategy, kind of drop back and also keeping your defense really tight. So it's interesting actually because I always thought of it as like, you know, you put more pressure on because your players come across to press. But actually, obviously, that just leaves the player on the far side of the pitch open, doesn't it, for a switch of play? Yeah. So that's why, like, for pressure play, this is, this is well, I wouldn't see, say completely useless, but it's not that, that, <laughs> that good to mm. use. But this is really, like I said, it's pretty much to shut down shop uh, or shut mm. up shop because in the end, you just want, if you're for up, for example, 3-2 in the 85th minute and this, you know that the uh, last attack of the game or like the last couple uh, minutes of the game, your opponent is going to try and find a striker into the box, then your best bet is to put overload ball side on if you want to prevent that because you'll just have everybody dropping back. It also causes pretty much your strikers, uh, if you have one or two or even three, to also drop back and just be in that defensive mode. So that's why it's really mm. good for that uh, situation. But yeah, it's I won't recommend it if you're in just general play because it's very easy for your opponent to just keep the ball mm. uh, moving from left to right. Oh, that, well, that is really fascinating. I feel like I'd kind of not been using it much recently at all and I might give it a try in those situations. Japes or Brams, have either of you used it at all this cycle? No, I, feel like not me. I haven't seen many people. I, it's funny enough, the only time that I do it is when I'm like trying to get a uh, equalizer and I just turn like everything on <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like hit all the buttons turn on yeah, everything yeah. like get forward press people overload do all the things and hope for the best <laughs> well you do know overload ball side is a defensive tactic yeah. right <laughs> well, that's the thing I think people associate it with team press on the d-pad and think that they're just used in conjunction so it's good to have had uh, you explain it and how people tend to actually use it effectively and i know you have a number of defensive techniques on the team hullet youtube channel a video on that which explains this so um we were talking about it before we recorded so well worth people checking that out uh, what i think i'll end with here which a few people have been asking is as it is a new calendar year and we've had a few months with the game in terms of gameplay not had too many significant patches actually what are our thoughts on it overall and specifically maybe one good thing potentially one bad thing although i know we spent a lot of time talking about the defensive line which definitely is for me uh, the bad thing but japes go ahead and uh, start us off i would say this year like i quite enjoy shooting okay i know that's like pretty generic and you know kind of across the board but like i use chips finesse low driven i shoot near post i shoot far post I take long shots. I cross. The way I shoot and try to score goals, I've never felt like there's more of a variety for me. Mm. And I find that really, really enjoyable. Okay. Which feels like weird to talk about because usually there's like, oh, like you need to shoot near post, period. Yeah, yeah. And at the start of the game, there was like, a, oh, well, you just try to set up for that finesse shot, right? And it, that's that hasn't felt like the case. And I also really enjoy like the variety of different formations that I feel like I can play, even though I'm, you know, I, I get sick of playing against certain formations that seem to feel strong at times. Mm. 
you know, the fact that I'm using like a three, four, one, two and having like a lot of success in elite and rolling through playoffs and doing well in like champs or whatever is, well, I guess I haven't really played enough champs, but I won the seven games that I mm. played with it. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> need Take that for what it is. Like, I, I think that's fun because I haven't, I don't think that's always been the case. I think what I find really, really annoying are these like broken individual like on the ball mechanics, like your ball roll scoops and stuff. I don't mean like they're mm. in the sense of they're broken. I find that like I just see them all the time at the top level, right? And and it's mm. the you know that even that near post or the the broken corner for a while too. Like it's just the mechanic abuse I find annoying. And I feel yeah. like EA could maybe do a better job of if they see something being used over and over and over and over and over again, maybe we just do like a quick little patch with that tuning feature, right? Mm. I don't I don't know what the patch is, right? Like there that would take yeah, yeah some additional thought, but that's my feeling right now. I agree with Jibs on shooting because I think like power shots are in a place where mm. they're fine. They haven't been always that good, like in previous FIFAs. I think timed finishing in a way is fine as it is because it's not it's not the easiest and it's not the hardest. But I think mm. yeah. And I have to admit the finesses are a bit beyond my, what I would like to see because they can fly in from pretty much anywhere. If you have Messi uh, and you time it green, it's almost a guaranteed goal. But this game just feels balanced in a way where there is a lot of things that could still like be improved and mm. a lot of things that are overpowered. But like I said in the start, there's a lot of different ways that you can play. Like some people just constantly go down the wing and um, be very effective, play a lot of possession. Some of these players, and I'm talking about competitive level uh, mainly, but also just in general, what I experience in, in rifles or uh, for champs is that some of these people just counterattack really well. Some of these people just keep 70% possession, but yeah, they do end up get, scoring goals with it. And it's just this variety of play, I think, that you can use uh, this year yeah yeah and then brammers so i i mean something i like in fifa 22 i agree i actually really like the shooting i like the um the, the balance of options and stuff but something i really like and it's probably like a small thing that isn't a big deal to most people but um the thing they added where you i don't i think is it called like explosive acceleration or something basically the thing where yeah, if you yeah. if you are explosive sprint yeah. yeah there you go so more ways to change your pace quickly um which at my level, it's quite nice because you're trying to generate angles for passes and stuff um, a lot of the time, and and just being able to like stop a little bit and but then just surge past people. Like aesthetically, it's very appealing. It reminds me of watching, uh, oh god, like Daniel Agger coming out of defence for Liverpool, and he would just see a little gap and he would just surge into it with the ball and go past a couple of midfielders. And I like being able to do that kind of thing in this game. It, it feels um, more kind of uh, authentic to to real life. Um, so I like that. Um, mm. Things I don't like, uh, obviously, uh, President El Kempembe. Um, I think he should be deleted from the <laughs> game. The, everyone's going to talk about the, well, everyone, everyone who listens to this will be thinking the corner, the corner, the corner. And yeah, like the corner is just, it's just silly. Uh, it's a bit of a shame that it's a mm. thing. But also the fact that there's basically either uh, someone does that corner or you get the ball and run up the other end and score. Like that whole corner situation is a bit of, a bit silly at the moment, which which is a shame. Mm. There was something else I was going to say. 
Uh, oh yeah, the lack of Tiago Alcantara special points. <laughs> of course, um, I think is embarrassing. <laughs> Do you know what? Joking aside, you're positive there. The uh, explosive sprint is definitely up there for me. I mean, very balanced inherently, and I think has been something that has meant there is that speed boost available to people, but it can be used defensively and in attack too. And for those who don't know, just hold the sprint button and run in a straight line, and you get that extra sprint speed but uh, on that i think we're ready to wrap up we've not got much time left so thank you very much to renzo it's been great to have your insights again thank you it's a pleasure and where can people catch your content guides etc i mean people will find me through the team Khalid channel so just make sure you follow at the team Khalid at, uh ins- on instagram twitter and yeah just make sure you check out our youtube videos if you want to improve on fifa definitely yeah they're great and thank you very much as well to brammers for sharing your foot champs journey as well (laughs) thank you for having me it's been a real pleasure and uh finally of course thank you very much japes for coming on the podcast uh keep an eye on your twitter for the three four one two tactics as well yeah i'm due to share those that i don't think they're anything crazy but maybe playing the three Mm -hmm. four one two is a little crazy so there's a lot of three five two players so this is just you know, a more aggressive version of that. Yeah, and I think that wraps us up. So thank you very much to all our guests here. Thank you very much, listener, for tuning in. If you'd like more Foot Weekly directly into your podcast feed, then do subscribe via the various different podcast platforms. The next podcast on that feed will be the content podcast on Tuesday and the gameplay podcast next week will be the supporter episode on Thursday. If you're a supporter, do check that out. And if you're not and you fancy it, then it is a great time. Of course, there's that 24,000 FIFA point giveaway. Just search Support Foot Weekly or head over to bit.ly slash podxmas22. Thank you very much if you do consider it. And thank you very much to those supporters and icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Dougie, Chris W, Hugh J, Steve C, David S, Matt L, George, Alistair, Alan G, Anthony R, Dominic, Rob P, Pobius, L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Savage P, Eric T, Roger D, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Jake G, Michael P, Springford, Zach O, Dominic G, Ruben D, Kraus, Adam R, Andy H, Mikhail L, Orion B, Mindle L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.